What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm Shelly Metling, and I've been sharing my infertility journey openly on YouTube for about a year now. With four losses ourselves and one rainbow baby on the way, I wanted a platform for you babes to share your stories. So girl, sit back, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry, because we are about to get real on the ins and outs of pregnancy loss in the 21st century. Hi, everyone. We have Chrissy Weir on the call today. I'm so excited. We were just giggling because I'm like, I feel like this is, it's it's really weird for me to be like, I'm so excited to <laughs> hear about your miscarriages. But we both agree that you have to find kind of the humor behind it. And so I'm really excited to hear her story because you guys, you, you're going to love her. She has a, a very good vibe about her. So Chrissy, I'm just going to throw it at you and I will let you start wherever you'd like. Sounds good. Hi, everyone. Um, gosh, I'm glad to be able to be here. Thanks so much for the LAM podcast. It's just been a good resource for me, and I'm, I know so many other people, so thank you. And gosh, I'm going to do my best to kind of speak and share um, my story and kind of how I'm processing everything. It's still kind of new. It's only about, I think, about two months past my first and only miscarriage. So... Um, I think a good place to start is when I got pregnant. <laughs> um, everything before that kind of was just me being married for a couple of years and my husband and I own our own businesses and kind of just, um, we have just been busy on the go, adventurous people. And so we just did a big trip and got back and we're like, okay, maybe we can like try this kid thing and see how that goes. Um, even though there's never a good time to have or not have or whatever, <laughs> think about this whole next season and chapter of life. But, um, seemed pretty good to us. So in January, um, we, um, I've never been on the birth control pill or anything like that. I'm, I'm 31 by the way. And I have always just taken a more natural holistic like approach to, um, my hormones and fertility and infertility or, you know, protecting. (laughs) So I don't get, you know, pregnant, but, um, so, uh, I was, you know, just taking my temperature and doing that, that method. And so I was like, okay, well, part of me, I've been doing this for like, you know, a while. And part of me was like, am I going to be able to get pregnant right away? Like, I mean, it's, we've been not, you know, we've been able to not be pregnant for when we didn't want to be. And so there's a little bit of fear behind that. And so going into it, we're like, okay, we're ready. Like, let's just see how this goes. And so the first time we were, you know, quote unquote, we tried, um, we got pregnant and that was like so exciting and so surprising and like really shocking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you must've been great at tracking your hormones before that. I was, I guess. <laughs> I swear. I'd always like put this and I have this device called lady comp and I swear every time the alarm would go off in the morning, I'd roll over, put the thermometer in my mouth, fall asleep again. I'd wake up probably like drooling with a thermometer, like next to my face. And that's just what it was like. And I kind of always question like, does this really work? So for me, it did. And um, I'm definitely going to still use it. But so anyways, I, uh, when we got pregnant, um, I, we were going up to the mountains and I was like, oh, well, I think I'm going to get my period soon. So, or I won't if I'm pregnant. And so I took a pregnancy test just in case, by the way, buying my first pregnancy test was like so nerve wracking. I don't know if anybody else experienced that. You feel like you're doing something naughty. I have to buy them on Amazon because I just like panic at Target. Oh my gosh. I was like shaking. I mean, you know how you like maybe hide it, like put a magazine or something over it at the checkout. It's so 
I don't totally. know. Totally. Weird. Totally. So <laughs> obviously that's, you know, first time that was like bizarre. I think it's just excitement too. And like this world of disbelief or like, you know, shock that you're kind of entering and it's exciting. So um, I brought um, one up to the mountains with me and I was like, okay, it's been like, you know, the time when I probably should get my period on like a day or two late. And my cycle's like nor- pretty normal, but it fluctuates every couple days, like a couple days longer or shorter. So I was like, whatever, I'll just try it. And then, um, so I did the deed and I was like, oh my gosh, there's like faint line, but I'm, I'm not really sure. Cause this is the first one I've seen. And so after about 10 minutes in the bathroom going, should I tell him, what do I do? How do I do this? <laughs> so then, um, he was, he agreed and my husband was so excited and like kind of shocked, but he was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a faint line. And so we just kind of held the joy, um, kind of, you know, amongst ourselves cause we we're up uh, with his parents in the mountains. And so, I lo- and we were up, uh, it was snowy. So we're like, oh my gosh, we have to go snowboarding right now. Like I have to get on the mountain because it looks like we're not going to be able to go for the rest of the season. And um, that was a little sad to me, but <laughs> something I could quickly get over. So, um, so that was exciting. When we got back home after that trip, like the next day, I went and took another test because I was like, I need one that says pregnant or not pregnant because I just feel like I need that, <laughs> like reassurance. Yeah. And so um, – so sure enough, I said pregnant and I was like, holy cow, this is happening. And I'm so excited and nervous and I don't know what to do. <laughs> so of course, like, you know, I, I called the doctor and they're like, okay, we'll see you in like, you know, at, you know, eight to 10 weeks. And I swear that time between is like so bizarre because you're like, okay, I have this human life growing and I, it's all new to me. I have no idea what to do. And now you have to wait. And it's like this anticipation, you know, building yeah. up to your first appointment. So it was all good. We were just really excited. And I was just focusing on eating the best that I could and, you know, being as active, but, you know, you know, kind of just trusting and knowing my body was telling me what it needed, what it didn't need. So, um, I definitely had some, you know, the, the usual pregnancy symptoms. I was nauseous and all that, but I didn't have to throw up. So that was kind of nice. I felt like I really lucked out on that. <laughs> and then, so this all kind of like started going downhill at this first appointment. So, um, we go to the appointment and, uh, when they do the ultrasound after like the whole introductory thing, um, this is supposed to be about eight weeks and the, um, the nurse practitioner said, you know, oh, okay. Like you're, you know, you're pregnant, like, you know, confirming that that's great. And then she said, you know, your, your baby's not as, you know, it's not as you're, are you sure like about the day you ovulated and whatever? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. She said, well, it's measuring in about six weeks. And I was like, oh, what? That's so like, I don't understand that. It was like this um, thing in my head that I just couldn't make sense of, but I was kind of trying to like voraciously open my fertility, like tracking apps and like count days and go, well, maybe it could have happened. And so I kind of just we had to stay in that place of uncertainty a little bit because that like seemed really off. And I know that can happen, but two weeks seemed like pretty off. Especially because so, like you're, you're on top of your Yeah. I'm like, cycle. I kind of know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, we kind of left that appointment. You know, we thought we would be really excited and like really, you know, hopeful. And um, we just left kind of like scratching our heads. Like, what do we do now? And so um, – we just kind of, we, we spent that day talking to each other and we kind of, um, we just decided that we were going to have faith. Like we were just going to hope for the best and have faith that, that this was all like 
we're, you know, we just really hoped and had faith through this process. And so we're like, okay, it's only one week until we have our next appointment. So um, when it was supposed to be nine weeks, we went in and, um, and at that point too, we kind of had to recalibrate. Like it was weird going through my baby tracking app and like setting everything back two weeks, but I felt like that was the best thing to do at that time. And so, um, and at that point I stopped like reading the things because I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know, there was it, the kind of like weird detachment kind of happened and started there, um, mentally for me. But so we went to our appointment, um, the next week and he did another ultrasound and, um, this was my doctor this time. And he, he saw, he, you know, he was, he took a little while to kind of tell me what was going on, but. He's like, okay, well, you know, I, I feel like, you know, the, the, the measurements have grown. And also he was starting to try to find a heartbeat and it took him a little while, but he did, he found a heartbeat and that was really excited. I was like, oh my gosh, like we're good. You know, it's growing and baby has a heartbeat, like we're in business. And then he kind of started saying that things looked atypical. And that to me was like, okay, like atypical, you know, not everything's always the same. And he kind of reassured us that this could be, you know, that he would kind of met, like said, you know, there's kind of a bell curve and everybody usually like there's the, the normal and then there's kind of the sides where, you know, things could turn out just perfectly fine, but they just look a little different to us right now. And so, again, we're like, OK, <laughs> and this is a, right before we left for another trip. So we like squeezed in before we had flights out um, later that day. And so it was kind of like, OK, we can go relax on this trip because we feel like, you know, as much as atypical didn't sound really good to us, we're like, we, the baby grew and the baby has a heartbeat. So, um, at that point, uh, we were up uh, on a snowboard trip with a bunch of friends and I just kind of, you know, had to sit around and <laughs> not do too much, but just like in a good headspace, you know, as much as the fear tried to kind of creep in, um, and, and especially with it being so uncertain with, you know, that, that atypical, um, kind of label he put on, um, what was looking, what things were looking like in my womb, I just felt like I needed to be positive. And so I started telling a couple people, um, but we kind of at that point decided we would just, it was just the people who needed to know, like people who were with us on the trip and family, but like we weren't going to share with a bunch of extra people because at that first appointment, we were just kind of in a place of like, okay, let's put the brakes on and let's just kind of like, almost like be protective and like watch out for our hearts and watch out for like, what's going on in this moment. Cause it, it, we just kind of, I mean, I'm glad that we had that thought. Mm-hmm. So, um, when we got back from our trip and once the doctor on that appointment, he said, you know, just come back in two weeks and, um, we'll see, you know, we'll see how things are going from there. And so it didn't seem very urgent to me. Um, and so I felt like, you know, I could, I asked him if I could fly and if whatever, I, and he said, yeah, yeah, you're fine. You know, just go do your thing. And so I just felt, I think, kind of at peace too, you know, that, that it was going to be fine. So then when I went back, it was um, nine weeks on this new schedule, 11 weeks and now what I call real time. Um, and he goes to do an, uh, you know, an ultrasound with the wand and he, I was noticing that he wasn't like starting off by showing me that the monitor like he had in the past. And I think, um, he was just not sure what he would find. And so when he started, I noticed too, he started taking pictures and stuff. So I was like, okay, um, you know, when, what you, when are you going to tell me what's going on? You know? And so he turned the monitor to me and he showed me and 
it was the most bizarre, shocking thing because it was like, he didn't tell me there was no heartbeat. He didn't tell me like that baby was dead. He, I mean, he showed me and he said, baby's like, there's nothing there. And it was so, so bizarre to like see your uterus and your, your, you know, that kind of the sack and kind of grown as it, it should have. And then there'd just be no baby when before we'd kind of seen like the the fetal pole and like kind of an area where the fetus and the sacs were at. And so that was just so shocking and so hard and really bizarre because I still felt pregnant. I still had this, all the symptoms I had and it was just kind of something that came out of nowhere and something that, you know, you can't ever be prepared for. So I kind of step into go mode and I'm like, okay, like at that point I wasn't crying. I wasn't like, I I was just kind of shocked. And so my husband luckily was just, he's amazing. And he was, he's been at all the appointments with me. Um, And we kind of just look at each other and we're kind of like taking in what our reality was, which was that we don't have a baby that's alive anymore. So at that point it's like, okay, you know, you have three options. You could do DNC you could do, um, take the pill and have that, you know, medically, um, you know, medically, but natural miscarriage, or you could just wait and see, you know, as things progress. And I just, right then, like I called my older sister cause she had had three miscarriages in the past. And one, I know she had taken the pill for. And so I was like, okay, Jen, this is what happened. Like, what do I do? I I just cannot understand, like, first of all, what's going on. And then like, what do I do? What's the best? And for me, I just felt like I needed to take the pill and have things happen and start right away. Cause it was, you just don't want to feel pregnant when you're not. Mm -hmm. So I am like, I have a really high pain tolerance. I really, I'm pretty like competitive. (laughs) Like I, um, I definitely thought I could handle what was about to happen. (laughs) Um, but you know, the doctor just kind of tells you that, you know, you're going to have, you know, severe cramping and a lot of bleeding and you're going to pass tissue and all this stuff. And, you know, that's kind of the most they can say. And so, um, I went home that day and he had, I guess in the office there, he had to insert some of the pills, um, on my cervix. So he did that. And then I went home and kind of just waited it out. I would, I called my mom and we went on a walk together. I was like, okay, I got to like, you know, be active or do something. Cause I, I just don't want to sit here and just kind of twiddle my thumb as well. I wait for all this to start because I had had no bleeding or cramping or anything up until taking this pill that day. And so, um, I started bleeding and, um, I had to take a couple more pills and at about nine o'clock at night and I tried to go to sleep and I woke up at midnight and it was like, I need to run to the bathroom. (laughs) And so I passed like a lot of the tissue and the baby, whatever, whatever tissue was there, I passed and the placenta, whatever it was, it was like this whoosh and it just came out and it was so gnarly. It just is something that you just can't really prepare for. Even though I was like really trying to Google and search, like what's going to happen? What's the timeline? Like, I just like to know what I'm about to expect. And so gosh, once that happened, um, it's funny cause I was listening to us, one of the recent people on this podcast and she kind of said it was this weird thing where you like have this baby and stuff like kind of in the bath, like in the toilet and you're like, what do I do? Do I flush it? Like, I don't understand like how, like, it just seemed very 
uh, this weird dichotomy of like this toilet and then this like thing you were creating you know something you love yeah you're about to just like flush it down the toilet yeah it's super weird it was so weird so this weird instinct I had I was like I need to see what's going on so I literally reached my hand in the toilet and I was like oh gosh I don't know why I did that but I like kind of was something I did you show your husband no I like sat. I did (laughs) I did (laughs) oh my gosh yeah, my doctor was like, oh, maybe don't do that next time. I was like, well, oh if I'm going to go through this, like he right? can go through it too. He needs to see this. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny because I was literally like, I like pacing around. I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Do I wake him up? Like he had a crazy amount of meetings and usually he has like a free schedule. And so I was just like, he needs to sleep. I just can handle this. And so I kind of just continue kind of in my own way processing through that moment definitely staying in the in the bathroom for hours like a lot of other women um can relate to and um I just I also grabbed my journal because I was like well I can't go to sleep like I'm bleeding like horrendously and going soaking like I can't keep a pad that's like not you know, soaked through with blood on and so I grabbed my journal and I remember like just journaling and writing like what I was feeling and what I was going through and like what I was seeing and what I was processing and it was actually one of the things that I'm so so glad that I did because I really felt like that was something that aided in part of the like you know giving somewhat of closure to what happened Mm -hmm. because it was like this real-time me processing with words and it ended up being this beautiful thing you know that's actually amazing like (laughs) that's so cool yeah, it was something I, it was very, very therapeutic and even re- reading afterwards and then kind of adding to it, um, with kind of other details you kind of, I had a vision of, or I, I thought fit, but it was just really good for me. Um, mm-hmm. and then after that I went, I tried going to sleep and I literally, then the contraction started and I, I'm so mad that like <laughs> people call them severe cramps cause they're not, <laughs> I mean, maybe, you know, up into definitely probably earlier, um, if, you know, maybe the you weren't or someone wasn't as far along, they're not as intense, but I had contractions for five hours straight. Yeah, because I did not. I did not. You didn't. Okay. No. Okay. Well, I think that like, and maybe because they, they thought it, you know, we're calling it nine weeks or whatever. I'm like, I was pregnant for 11 weeks and like, that was all that stuff that I needed to pass. And it was... Mm -hmm so gnarly and I literally thought I was gonna die and I just remember like writhing in bed trying not to wake my husband up even though he was checking in and waking me up every or you know waking up every now and then making sure I was okay but you're not okay and you're you you don't feel okay and nothing about it is okay but it's you know it's kind of like you find yourself in that weird place of like this is the reality this is what I'm facing and so I think I just wanted to be okay with feeling all of that. And I, I, I think in retrospect, looking back and I'll continue kind of sharing, um, how this all turned out, but I was actually glad that I was at home and I had been able to pass, um, the, my baby's tissue and all that stuff, um, in my own space, because I just felt like there was this, it was incredibly gory and painful and severe, but it was also, kind of like this odd um, place of like, this is kind of beautiful because this is like what our bodies do when things aren't right or when things don't, you know, last, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah. So anyways, um, after all that, 
crazy night. Um, oh, and by the way, those contractions were hurting so bad. I was literally vomiting also. Like, really? Like, yes. I was like, I can't, I, I probably. Hopefully you had a bucket. <laughs> I would just run to the bathroom or stay in the bathroom. It was oh so Oh my gosh. Oh. It was crazy. So I don't know. That might be something normal if someone else experienced that. That was like crazy to me. So anyways, I guess next time I should have gotten that um, narcotic that he prescribed. But um, <laughs> I was like, I can handle this, but I couldn't. So anyways, um, I remember in that moment you thinking, if this is what it's like at all in the slightest bit of pain and what contractions are like, if this is what it's like, I could totally give birth naturally. Like I really was like, I can do this. Dude, I bet you could. I really do. I bet you could. I I went for an epidural, but I bet you could because if you, I mean, you basically have already gone through it naturally. Yeah. To- yeah. I mean, I really think that that's kind of what that was like. So, oh gosh. Do you want to? I'm not sure. But like, just saying I'm all for an Maybe, maybe not. We'll see when it, when it gets time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, um, so then, yeah. So after that, you know, I had a follow-up appointment the next week and, um, it's just the weirdest thing being in the office again and them kind of telling you that they need to, you know, shove another wand up you to do an ultrasound when you're like, that was supposed to be happy. And now it's like, this just doesn't feel happy. Mm -hmm. So that was like something that I wasn't looking forward to, but my doctor was really patient and understanding and very good. And so, um, so at, uh, at that time, he said, okay, I think the pill worked. Like, you know, we don't need to do a second round. I kind of still see a blood clot up there, but it's like five millimeters. So I was like, okay, like, I guess that's pretty good news. So um, he told me to take a pregnancy test after, like in the next couple weeks, um, either at home or go into the lab there and do it. And so I, um, I did, and I kept getting positive results, which again, something that's just so like. So triggering. <laughs> I had the same thing happen. Yeah. It's like, please just don't be positive. Like, you just don't want to see that. And you don't want to keep having things that associate to that loss, you know? Mm-hmm. So after a couple of, after maybe like two weeks of that, um, those being positive, he's like, well, come in for blood tests and let's check your, you know, HCG levels. So I did. And he's like, yeah, they're not coming down that fast. So let's have you in for another appointment and discuss, you know, options. And I was like, options? What do you mean options? <laughs> and it was so interesting how casual, like, sometimes these offices talk about that stuff. And it's like, what do you mean? I'm not like, you know, you're not going to be doing anything. Like, I'll be fine. My body's handling this. And so you just kind of get protective and, and rightfully so. You know, it's just, it's traumatic, this whole thing. And so um, – I went for the appointment, and of course, the only day that was open was on my husband and I's 30th anniversary, so that was nice. And so <laughs> we're sitting in our appointment, um, and he kind of gives me the lay of the land. You know, well, we might have to do a DNC if there's tissue in there, and we might need to. You might need to do the pill again, or you know, maybe it'll pass naturally, but we might need to kind of get this thing going. And I was like, well, maybe there's no tissue in there. <laughs> Let's just check. <laughs> So he checks and he's like, yeah, there's some tissue still attached. And I was like, dang it. Like I passed so much and I bled so much. And like two weeks after my miscarriage, I was bleeding. And then I was, was spotting ever since. And I shoot to this day, it's been two months later. And I feel like I'll have days where I'm still spotting. And it's just like, oh, so frustrating. So 
um, he kind of looked at me and he goes, you know, I know you don't want to have a DNC. I know you don't want to like add to the trauma of this experience already. And, um, he started telling me that he could do this thing he thought would work, um, in the office there. And it was at basically an endometrial biopsy. So he basically went in and he, um, with this small little tube and he went and he kind of like suctioned, um, the attached tissue and kind of to disrupt it. And I was like, dude, I like that the way this guy thinks, like <laughs> as much as I didn't want to have that happen, I was like, okay, thank you for like giving me an option that was like different and thought outside the box, you know, Yeah. especially knowing that like, I didn't want to have to go through the trauma of like really that whole process. If you just have to get this little piece of tissue that was probably like point th- you know, zero three centimeters, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, he did that and I had to keep going in for blood tests after to see like my levels come down. And so today was hopefully my last one, but it's been about, I think, three weeks since that happened. Um, my levels were 16 HCG last week. So he's like, okay, we got to see them come down to zero. So um, that's kind of where I'm at now. And it's been a process. And I, as soon as I had my miscarriage, I remember thinking like, okay, wait, so you can ovulate before you <laughs> have your period. And so I'm like, well, maybe I can just get like be one of those and get pregnant like two weeks after this whole thing happens. And, you know, just kind of like, and then I remember telling my husband that and he was just like, whoa, he's like, I just need a month. We're not like, we just chill. Like, I just need to not have any more stress because ever since like the, you know, the news of getting pregnant and then all these appointments leading up to this has just been so stressful. And I was like, okay, okay, I get it. Yeah, I probably need that too. (laughs) (laughs) But it is hard because everything's so prolonged. I know. And so the timing, you know, like the time that's between things, it's like, it's, it's so frustrating and you just want to like get the ball rolling, but you just can't. Totally. Yeah. So it's been kind of a waiting game and I, you know, of course, like not, not everybody has, I mean, I'm just trusting that my body is doing what it needs to do and fully, you know, healing and fully rebuilding all the lining and stuff it needs to carry a baby soon. But I'm just also kind of in that place of just ha- like, I'm like in a place of, I need to, I'm, I'm almost forced, you know, to have patience and have peace over this process. Cause, um, I'd probably go crazy if I was like trying to <laughs> like, you know, make, try to do something crazy to make something happen. But yeah, you just have to like trust that your body is doing what it knows that it needs to do, you know? Yeah. So for sure. What's so yeah. cool about like everyone's stories is they're all so relatable. Like once you've gone mm-hmm. through a, once you've gone through a loss, like you just get it. You get Yeah. I don't know how to explain it, but you're just like a part of the club, sadly. Totally. Um, totally. But it's also cool because I feel like there's pieces that you can pull out and be like, "Wow, I am so grateful that like I didn't have two months of what you know what I mean like you can yeah. find pieces that like really give you gratitude for like your own situation yeah um through anybody's story I don't know it's mm-hmm. just it's it does that sound kind of mean no <laughs> you know? no like oh you honestly. had it so much worse I'm not I don't mean it like that but it's like you can hear you hear these pieces from everybody's story and you're like wow like if she made it through that you know what yeah. I mean like it's just really it, cool yeah it gives you perspective and I think one of the things that I um, kind of, as I was kind of, you know, pr- trying to process through all this stuff, I, um, I started reaching out to people that I knew had, um, people that I knew, are you good? Yeah, sorry, I had <laughs> okay. to plug in quick. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, 
But yeah, I started reaching out to people like friends or friends of friends that I knew had miscarriages or losses, um, early pregnancy loss. Or I, I just hung out with two people uh, last week who had one had a stillbirth at 38 weeks and one gave birth at 22 weeks and the baby lived for three weeks. Like that's just, and just hearing from these women and just kind of like, at first I didn't even want to like tell them what happened to me because I like kind of what you're saying. Like I felt like their story was so much worse and like was so much more painful. And somehow like you can almost vow, like that makes somehow it's like I validated that their story or I, I'm, I said, oh, their story like had more weight. You know what I mean? It was more intense. And so I don't want to like, m- you know, kind of bring my piddly thing to them, you know, but mm-hmm. it was such a beautiful thing because both. Um, and I hope that people who listen to this, like if they haven't even spoken about it and if they feel that same thing, I've just hope that they kind of sh- their mindset shifts around that because I was met with such like um, love and support and Like, I really, truly felt so heard because they immediately responded, like, let's hang out ASAP. Like, let's schedule something, you know, a couple of them if they had kids. Like, somewhere without kids. Like, my kids can be at home. Like, it's just you and me. And, you know, Mm -hmm. what you go through, you know, what you went through is just as bad as what I went through. You know what I mean? It's grief is grief. And you're in a place where you're grieving and mourning all of this stuff. And that's the same. It doesn't change. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I know I'm always – when people message me, I'm always like – yeah, welcome, not welcome. Like, yeah. I, I wish I wish you were going through this, but at the same time, we're in this together, and um, there really is a community out there. Um, yeah, so if totally. You, if you are feeling alone, like reach out to either one of us, and you know, totally. Um, if you and yeah, and it kind of like lit a fire, kind of in my heart to like really kind of take this somewhere and see where you know how I'm, I'm, I just think of all the people who don't have even that the resources or, or like that the support that I had just with being intentional about finding you know friends people my sister um whoever you know this mm-hmm. podcast whatever it is like I, I just found that it was so healing and so part a big part of my healing process and my grieving um and getting through you know maneuvering through that just to be intentional and say, you know what, I need this. Like I need time to like go have coffee or go on a walk and like sit with someone who knows and just like cry, you know, Mm -hmm. just, just be and be in those, those places where you feel, um, you feel what you need to feel. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was something I think that really, um, through this process really (sighs) was, was very apparent to me that it's so important to feel what you need to feel but for me, I felt, and I maybe maybe this isn't the best for everybody, but I just don't think that it's good to sit in that place for too long, you know, to like, oh, I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm like grieving, I'm I'm just I'm upset. I, I have so many what ifs, and so those are so good to like move through and feel. And journaling is so good for that, and talking to other people. But um, also, I just kind of found that I didn't need to sit in it too long, meaning like I didn't need to create more darkness around what was already a dark season. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, um, I don't know, I just think that like there are a lot of what ifs and a lot of lies and a lot of things that just pop into your head. And um, for me during this process, it's been so important for me to kind of like take each thought and like check it and go, wait, is this serving me? Is this good for me? Is this healthy? Is this healing? Is this, is this whole, or is this a lie? Like the, you know, oh, my body, it failed. Like, that's not true. 
you know, there's nothing I could have done to do this. And my body was, you know, it's geared to protect and to bring out what's meant to be. And mm-hmm. so, and I hate, I do hate that meant to be-ness because I know that my baby is, is meant to be and was, and is, is still here, you know, mm-hmm. one day I'll be able to know what he, um, or she was, but, and is, but, um, I just think it's really important to watch your thoughts and, and, and um, don't like buy into those lies because I just think that having and kind of overcoming this like this process with kind of like looking at yourself like wow my body is so amazing it it grew a baby like it did what it needed to do or it's healing you know it's going through this long process that I didn't ever think that should be this long but it's going it's taking its time and doing what it needs to do and refueling because it knows what you know it's it's created so intelligently and it it knows how to get back to to normal and so I think even in my miscarriage and how gruesome that was to this process afterwards and healing I've just noticed that my I'm trying to just give more weight to those thoughts of wow, my body is really amazing. Like our women's bodies are created so magnificently. They really are. (laughs) I can only imagine what like the birth, you know, laboring and birthing your child like can be like. And I'm so excited for that because I feel like that's going to add this like really. (laughs) It is easier. It is easier than miscarriage. Yeah, (laughs) it really is. Oh, I believe Um, it. Because of the mental side of it. It's, yeah, it, the mental side of it is, I think, what is one of the most difficult. Well, and I didn't have the crazy physical side that you had, so maybe that's why I'm saying that. But for me, the mental side was the really tough part totally. of it. Um, so giving birth is to a rainbow baby is like <laughs> so much easier than miscarriage. And being, um, I always say this too, being a, you know, mothering and stuff is so much easier than miscarriage. Like, yeah. so all those people that are out there that didn't struggle and are like oh well enjoy your sleep now or because I I freaking hate those comments I know I'm like just shut up I'm like out here trying to be like yeah guys like the no sleep is so much easier than going through miscarriage so yeah um oh my gosh but I to kind of go off of what you were saying I had a lot of people who are like, oh, well, is there something wrong with you? Or, you know, what's wrong with your body? And I had people asking that question. And for educational purposes, I would just kind of respond with, actually, my body's doing what, what it's mm. supposed to. Um, and yeah, you know, so that that is kind of, it is beautiful. And our bodies can do crazy things. And I, I love that you focused on that, because it definitely is the positive outlook of a very negative feeling situation. So Totally. And I think for me too, cause I'm, I'm in the health and wellness world. Um, and I own a healthy delivery business and I, um, here in San Diego and I also, uh, I, I've taken like, I'm an integrative nutrition health coach and I have, I've studied hormone health and all this stuff. And I, I, I think for me, it was very humbling and a very, you know, like some, obviously I didn't deserve this. I didn't, you know, I did nothing wrong. And, um, but I think that it's so interesting because, you know, doing everything as right as I could have, something like this can still happen and there's mm-hmm. no way to prevent it. And I think that that's just important to know. And I just, I, I, um, I'm, you know, now it's like, okay, what can I do? I want to make sure my body is like 
you know, the healthiest as it ever could be as I, you know, go into trying to conceive this next baby. But I'm just also like, okay, you know, I, I, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm supposed to do and be as healthy as I can, body, soul, and spirit. And then stuff happens. And like, I'm no stranger to grief. Like I actually lost my dad when I was eight. And, um, my, uh, my husband actually just lost his, um, his dad a year ago. And ironically on our, I didn't say this, but, um, the day we took our pregnancy test was his dad's birthday. And then the day we went in for a eight week appointment was the day that his dad passed a year prior. So it was like this, like very crazy time. Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, like being no stranger to grief, especially recently, it's just like, um, I don't know. I, I was thinking about this too. It's like, this just feels so different as it's your own baby, like your own body produced this and your own, your, you know, created this thing that is, you know, your future, this baby. And so it's just so interesting to kind of grapple with grief in different ways and just kind of see it for in this season. It's just, it's so, it's so much more like palpable and um, something that's really hitting me in such a different way. So if anybody can, you know, has gone through, um, other, you know, other loss, I'm sure they could relate to the fact that this just feels so, so different as it's like something that is, you know, directly related to like the trauma of our, that, that our bodies experience and our, our minds experience going through this. Mm-hmm. If you had, um, um, if you had one piece of advice, which I feel like you've given so much advice <laughs> in this episode, honestly, like I'm like learning so oh, gosh. much. I'm like, oh, I wish I would have done that. Or I wish I would, um, what would it, what would that one piece of advice be? Um, gosh, I feel like um, I feel like the biggest thing is to just have that positive kind of like what I was saying. Have that positive view over over you, over who you are. Like knowing that you have strength, like you have purpose. You knowing your identity, knowing your capabilities, and your strength is as you know, you and your body. And I just feel like that is so important um, so that you can push past those fears, push past all of those what ifs and lies and things that kind of continue to haunt, you know, you as you process through something so traumatic, um, just so that you can press through to a place of peace um, amidst the grief, like that you have peace and you can find those little moments of joy and laughter and like lightness, you know, in a place that feels so a season that feels so heavy and so burdensome and so difficult. Mm -hmm. And I know that like, that's so important, like, especially, you know, being two months out from this, I obviously feel, I feel different. And just as my hormones aren't crazy raging, like they were, you know, a couple days after, but it's like, even in those places where my hormones and my, everything was so fresh and new a couple days after miscarrying, like, I really just feel like I was very careful with what I was, what I was spending my time thinking about and what I was spending my time dwelling on. And so journaling and hashing that out was good for me because I noticed I could, I even said this to my husband because he, he actually journals. He, he, he's kind of a writer and stuff. He does a lot of stuff. But one of the things that I said was, oh my gosh, I've been journaling so much lately. And, and I just, it's so helpful. He's like, I know I, I, been trying to tell you this for a while now and he's like I'm like you can just write it and then you can kind of just like let it go like you don't need to like keep revisiting these things and he's like yeah that's kind of the point <laughs> so and that was just really helpful and then um it's funny I can't I wrote this down I came across a quote today from um this uh doctor 
I don't know if you've heard of her, Dr. Caroline Leaf. She's, she's like, uh, works with neuroplasticity and kind of like a lot of those thoughts that you have and or thoughts and how they like tweak with your brain. Um, and so she said this today and I just thought it was so good, especially like as I was coming on here to share my story. Um, she says, you are so strong. It may take a while to get through this valley, but if you embrace the journey, you find companions and intentionally work on self-regulating and examining, examining your thoughts, you'll succeed. I promise. And I just really love that because even though this isn't something that it's not like you can like, Oh, I need to succeed through my pregnancy. It's, or my, my miscarriage or whatever it's, but it's just kind of like that, the journey. And, and I know that you, you always mention this, that, this whole process is such a process and it's such a journey kind of dealing with all of this stuff after, you know, life after, after miscarriages is that journey. And I just love how it's like, just keep pushing through it, but you might, you kind of have to do the work, you know what I mean? Like find those people, find your tribe, like find your companions and kind of embrace where you're at, feel what you need to feel. And I promise like you'll get through it and you'll, I mean, for me, my hope is that in that little tip and that little like kind of piece of advice that I share with you, um, it's something that I'm holding so dear so that, you know, when I step into this new season of, you know, trying to conceive again and um, once my body is ready and, um, you know, pressing into that place, my hope is that I won't have so much anxiety. I won't have so much fear. I won't have so much um, just, you know, this disconnection. You know, I want to have you know, I don't want to be naive because as you know, um, (laughs) time and time again, if you have gone through this place, you kind of don't trust the process and you, you also don't have that same excitement, but I'm hoping and I'm trying and I'll, I'll give you a heads up when we do get pregnant. But, um, I'm just hoping that doing a little bit more of that work now will really help with like my process going forward. It definitely will. It definitely will. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for jumping on and sharing your story and all the little nuggets of advice that you threw out um, across this episode. It was really, really great. And yeah, just thank you so much. Of course. I'm so, I'm glad to share and I'm hoping that, you know, somebody could really feel that. Yeah. I mean, I've been through it with you and I hear you and I'm sure, I mean, we're all in this together. So it's just a great, you know, great space. And I'm so thankful for it. Thank yeah. you. If somebody does want to reach out, Christy, where could they do that? Um, I kind of have a lot of uh, different Instagrams, but the one that is the best is Chrissy Weir. Uh, and it's like Chrissy, C-H-R-I-S-S-Y-Y. So two Y's underscore Weir, W-E-I-R. Perfect. And I will link that in the description as well so that it's easy for people. Thank you again. Of course. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful rest of your week. You too. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.